Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 Podcast, episode 42. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson. Joining me, as always, is the hoop and the harm, Mr. Tim Daniel. Hey, Alex. You got that You got that finals fatigue, don't you? Yeah. Alright, we'll get there. But I, I appreciate the Charlie Brown level of morosity that you've, you've brought to us <laughs> today. I can hear I can hear the music, I can hear the Vince Garaldi trio, I can hear the slumps. <laughs> I can hear the shoulder slumps. I can hear the the last brushel of the tree falling under the sand or into the snow, rather. And I hear Golden State calling Cleveland a whole bunch of blockheads. That laughter you hear returning from his trip out of the country. First time ever. King. First time ever out of the country. How was that? It was wonderful. It was uh, everything I wanted. <laughs> Good. No, I was in a land of no Americans, so <laughs> it was. Uh, there wasn't any. Uh, there was a lot of uh, interesting uh, Mexican people with fuck Trump hats that walked around the island, and I wanted to take a picture with all of them. <laughs> just, just out, out of curiosity, I know you stayed at like a resort in, in Mexico and everything. Is it weird knowing that you're like on this very beautiful part of a country, and then like over a wall is just like the same part of the country, but like in squalor? Well, that, that's where you got it wrong. I did not actually stay at a resort. I oh, stayed at a, I'm sorry. I sta- your, your photos looked like you did. No, we did not. We stayed at a small hotel that looked like the treehouse that the Lost Boys lived in in Hook, which was uh, pretty awesome. I was going to say, yeah, that sounds terrific. Yeah. But uh, but the, the whole town kind of looked the same. It all had kind of the same look. It was uh, kind of... Uh, it was kind of beaten down, but it had a lot of character, and I liked it. So it wasn't it wasn't like a typical like all inclusive place where you're nice. just like driving through poverty to get to some beach. I mean, it would the whole island was all kind of the same. I mean, the, the beachfront hotels and stuff are much nicer, but it uh it was good. And this is episode forty two, the David Lee edition. There we oh. go. There, there it is. There now, it is. Now, before we before we move into the topics and everything, I do have some questions I, I want to ask you, and I feel it is your duty to let Tim know about the Guy Fieri restaurant you ate at. Uh, willingly. <laughs> willingly, I might add. But uh, I, I saw on one of the photos, you you claimed to have had, you finally had a, cook, a Coke with real sugar, and you had allegedly the best tacos ever? Pr- pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's an interesting place that was on the island. There's there was barely any places that were open for lunch. Uh, the place we went to was it was called Isla Hobash, and um, it wasn't it was two and a half hours away from Cancun. Most of the restaurants on the island don't open until dinner, um, including this really nice taco place called Taco Kato, which is basically a food truck with some tents. And uh, for uh, I got four ta- and they serve them the way I like them. I eat my tacos like a child. Meat and cheese. That's it. That's all I want. I don't want any lettuce, nothing, just meat and cheese. But it was, like, different. I had, like, steak and, uh, you know, chorizo and, 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 you know, chicken and, you know, regular beef and everything. So I got, like, four tacos. Sarah, my wife, gets a burrito. And, uh, you know, we have rice. And we, had, uh, we had chips and salsa. I had two Mexican Cokes oh. in, in, in the glass bottle. And yes. she had a bottled water. They didn't charge for beverages at this place either time that we went there. So I could have had, like, infinity Mexican Cokes in glass bottles. The whole meal was $12. Wow. Nice. Yes. 
Yeah, so that's what made it. I almost wanted to take them aside and be like, guys, you guys can charge for the coke. <laughs> but I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin it for everybody else. So, so, but uh, hey, leave, leave it to the leave it to the American to start trying to teach them about capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the Cancun airport is the uh, the worst place I've ever been in my entire life. It is it is the worst airport. It is like everything we wanted to get away from in Mexico, which was like commercialized like Americanisms. Like it's like, oh look, you got a like a hard rack cafe and a margaritaville and all this stuff and you take American money and is I don't even feel like I've left the country. But we decided to eat at Guy Fiari's restaurant. I didn't know it was a thing at all. I, I just it, assumed they sold like frozen PF Chang and TGI Friday meals. No, it was like, <laughs> like it the was, meals for two. It was basically it was funny. Like they were like trying to be like super classy. It was trying. I know it sounds silly, like a Guy Fieri <laughs> restaurant, but it was like no, it was like nothing with frosted tips is classy. It, it was like a mix of an Applebee's, a Texas Roadhouse, and they had like a beer garden, like that actually went outside of the airport. <laughs> Like, well, this sounds weird. I mean, like, like a little courtyard that you could go and like smoke and drink beer. And I was like, well, this is silly. But the the meal that we had was terrible. I got a burger and fries. Sarah gets a, a salad uh, and a bowl of soup. Sixty dollars. <laughs> sixty American dollars. This was not pesos. This was sixty American dollars. And the best part is the entire time we're there, they only played Smash Mouth songs. <laughs> I was like I was like is this is this even like real life? I mean like every meal that we had was like super decent and it was like homemade, you know, seafood, pasta and stuff like that. And then we go to the airport and get like the shittiest meal and it was also the most expensive meal on our whole trip. I just imagine that restaurant just like crawled out of a cracker barrel's asshole. <laughs> so two weeks in a row, we have a Smash Mouth reference on the show. What was the one last week? I missed. You're it. right. You're right. I don't um, remember exactly how I got in context, uh, like the context of it, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, someone made the the Kavifi to be the beat of Smash Mouth by cutting up Trump speeches. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's nice. Right. That's nice. What it was. Nice. Uh, man, two weeks in a row. Well, it's two weeks in a row. Where if you didn't know, this is the Quarter Three Podcast. It does post every single Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. It is the NBA Conversational Podcast. And if you like it, you can head over to the corner3.net slash podcast where you can listen to any episode we've posted for the last 42 plus weeks, including season previews for various teams. Now, let's just get right into it. Tim, what is your topic? Well, we got to talk about the finals, right? Of course. That's why we're here. Right. I mean, <laughs> game three's coming up. It's 2 0. Warriors hasn't even been close. No. No, it hasn't. It's actually sucked. Um, I really hated it. Um, I don't get it. You know, like, it's... Okay, I was pretty critical of LeBron for his eight turnovers in game one. And then I looked at everything else in context and went, no, this is nowhere near his fault. This is just... Kyrie Irving hasn't shown up. Kevin Love had inflated stats game one, but game two, he definitely looked pretty darn good. I thought the first three quarters of game two, I thought Cleveland played really well. And then, like, you know, they have, in a lot of scenarios this year, throughout the regular season even, fell apart in the fourth quarter. Um, they look outmatched. They just look like they can't keep up. 
This uh, the way Golden State plays with their length. Kevin Durant is you know looking like he's the other NBA player from another planet right now. And Steph Curry is hitting every shot he's taking. It looks like, and Clay Thompson finally got rolling on game, in game two. It's annoying. I really don't like it. <laughs> Tim, Tim. Okay, before before you you go down this this path of depression about the NBA Finals right now, let's go back and look at Game One and Two of last season's NBA Finals. Okay, very similar situations, but both. There was no but, Kevin Durant in Game One and it, Two in last year's but, finals. But you, but you, but you know what doesn't matter about that? LeBron James. Okay. Okay. So if it, and let me tell you something. You keep poking the bear, it's gonna charge back at you. And let me tell you something. I am I am gonna go ahead and say this. But by the time we we post this, you know, tomorrow, you know, <laughs> tomorrow or whenever, you know. I mean, I, I really do think I really think that the the Cavs are going to tie this series up when it leaves Cleveland. I really do, and I think I think the Warriors get comfortable way too easy, and the Cavs pressed back at them the entire first half of the last game, and then you make a few mistakes, and then things just kind of steamroll. But that's only if the Warriors are shooting well. So, I this is not over, Tim. Um, Kyrie Irving looks like it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Irving's <laughs> legs, his arms, everything just appears to be failing on him. His shot. So, but I, you know, I don't know, man. But here's the thing. Like, here's why I'm like, so like, okay, this is it. Um, J.R. Smith has been putrid. He has been really bad. Um, every good thing we said about Tristan Thompson, he has been the opposite in the first two games of these finals. He played 25 minutes, I think, in game two on Sunday. Channing Fry outplayed him, who I didn't even think would be in the rotation, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if Darren Williams should even be allowed to play the rest of the series. Uh, he was so bad in those two games. Um, what the hell is Derek Williams doing? Why aren't the Cavaliers playing him as far as that size guy to go in there and guard a couple guys? And Teron Liu, for every good thing he has done since taking that position from Blatt in the middle of last season, has coached really horrible in these past two games. Well, and I, I think, I mean, I touched on it last week in saying that the Warriors just have are too versatile of a lineup, I think, for, for Cleveland. And for everything Cleveland can throw at Golden State, Golden State has not just one answer for it. They have two, they have three. They can move a dude. Like, the, we saw them shift Durant to love. And that caused problems. They can move green on somebody. They can move, you know, they they have a lot of different pieces that can play a lot of different positions. And what they're doing is just basically being like, okay, LeBron, you beat us. And it's working. I, I think they, they banked on the fact that LeBron couldn't carry the whole team if they take out a lot of pieces and leave the whole performance onto LeBron, which is exactly what Sean's saying is kind of the inverse of what's going to happen is that's going to kind of lead to a maybe a 2-2 tie but i i don't know i'm sticking i'm sticking with my warriors and five prediction but uh game three will be interesting because it really typically when a team goes up 2-0 game three is a very very telling game for the Mm -hmm. team that's down uh we've seen it before in close series i mean we saw it with bull celtics back in uh 09 yeah where you know game one and game two were close Boston comes in, blows them out in Game 3, go on to win the series. Uh, 
And and I really think it's one of those things where Game 3 is going to be a very telltale game. And I'm looking at my notes from last week, and I actually have Game 1 and 3 most important written down. Except important is missing, like, all of the vowels. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's it's looked bad. Like, Cleveland has not looked like the same team they've looked at this whole playoffs. Uh, but Golden State definitely looks like a team that marched into the finals 12-0. and They do, and... It's ridiculous. I, you know, um, it's not even just those guys that we're mentioning. Obviously, I mean, Duran's been the best player in the finals so far. There's no getting around it. He's been unbelievable. Um, but Ian Clark comes in and he plays well. He gets he, he gets some minutes. He he you know he he holds his own. Freaking Jeez McAdoo comes in and gets some minutes and he's doing stuff for Golden State. It's like David West is hitting shots from mid range. You're like, what the hell? Are these guys? What is their shooting coach doing? Because whatever it is, that guy needs to be a head coach in the league right now. Unless it's Mike Brown, don't do that. We've been down that road so many times before. Um, hey, we we are we can officially say that the Cavs are zero and five in all NBA Finals games where Mike Brown is coached. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is very true. That's sad. Ow, I didn't think about that. I think they're still paying them too. Yeah, probably. Uh, they are. They're pay- They're actually paying him for two more years. Beautiful. Hilariously, I was really hoping that he could just coach out the finals because Mike Brown beating <laughs> LeBron with the Warriors would be probably the most hilarious thing that ever happened in basketball. Mm-hmm. They could write a whole documentary about it where he just laughs the whole time. <laughs> you know, he's got, the, you, he's got the best laugh in basketball. Did he does. you? Um, he does. Did you ever see that? Like, did you see uh, when Thirty for Thirty did that one? This one on Calipari a couple months ago. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. So there's a snippet in there at one point where uh, after the Nets fire Calipari, Larry Brown hired him to be an assistant on the Pistons. He was like his top assistant. And one game, they're playing the Nets, and Larry Brown got ejected. And they, so that means Calipari to step up and be the head coach the rest of the game. He's And when he was there, he realized the Nets were currently paying him to coach against him. He's like, well, if they're paying me to coach against them, I'm going to beat them. And he did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. If I'm Mike Brown, that's exactly what I'm doing, and all the chances I get this whole series because like, I'm still sticking with Kerr's only coaching one game this series. He's already said he's coaching tomorrow, uh, game three. I I will put a stop to that. <laughs> you, um, <laughs> yeah. But you know, going back to Cleveland's woes, it's you know, like you said, they it's Cleveland. Golden State has too much, and Cleveland doesn't have enough guys that are performing at all right now, including their coaching staff. I just don't think Cleveland reloaded this season correctly. They have the most, they have the highest cap space. And their bench is like the, I think the average age of their bench, not counting Derek Williams, of course, is probably 33. Well, so I, I feel like. I, I like I, their bench. I feel like I'm beating a dead fucking horse with this bench and, and saying that. You can line up as many former All-Stars as you want, as many future Hall of Famers you want on your bench. You can put your Duran Williams, you can put your, your has-beens and your never-wers and your title chasers, and you can line them all up, and you can let them round out your spots 6 through 13. But none of it's going to matter if they're replacing dudes that played vital roles. True. If... You're, if you're getting, if you know, Della Vidova leaves, you've got to replace him with a Della Vidova. You've got to fill those gaps, and what they're doing is reloading their rosters and basically putting band-aids on giant bullet holes. Yeah. And it's they're good for regular season because 
regular season is when depth is important. But when you've got to shrink that roster to eight or nine players, that's when you're going to start blowing holes in your ship. Because these guys that could stop Curry or could stop Thompson, they aren't there anymore. And the ones that you have were great or are good, but they aren't the roles that need to be being filled. And I think that is a very hard lesson for Cleveland to have to learn because roster continuity is incredibly important. And you've got, if you lose players, you've got to replace them with players that are going to, you know, plug those holes up. And I think that's one of the reasons why Memphis constantly makes the playoffs is if they lost Tony Allen, they would replace him with a Tony Allen style player. Yeah. Did you, uh, speaking of roster continuity, uh, you know, our, Conversation a couple weeks ago, we were talking about bad hot takes. Did you guys see Chris Broussard's terrible take of the week yesterday? I don't listen to anything Chris Broussard ever Me says neither. anymore. Yeah. So ever he... since ever since the the NBA Finals where LeBron lost and he immediately went, he's gonna sign with the Chicago Bulls. I've never believed him about anything since then. I would just get the any NBA advice from like the pigeons I see downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his uh. His take was if he were the if he were LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, he would try to negotiate a way that he can get Paul George traded to the Cavaliers for Kevin Love. Just what? Yeah. So I get that Paul George is probably you can say he's a better player than Kevin Love, and I can agree with that. But no, no, he's a different player. Exactly. It's it's it yeah. goes back to that Jordan, like you know the. Well, we had the other with Pippen and Kyrie and all that stuff, and we had that. Actually, all this take is the same thing. We're just recycling it. <laughs> I mean, it's it just if say say Cleveland's like you know what the Kevin Love experiment. We tried it. It won us a title, but it's not working anymore. You would have to fill it with a stretch four who can shoot, who can pass, who can rebound. They can't just go and like reach into a bag and be like Paul George, right? Because that changes that changes how your that changes your whole team dynamic. Yeah. And unless you want to like change how your team plays, which is their prerogative and more power to them if that's what they want to do, I don't think that gets them any closer. It doesn't. The only thing that no. gets them closer is probably mm, I don't know. Their anchoring best, their, an, their anchoring their five with with Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, or their bench. <laughs> yeah. Like they they need a really God. good under the rim anchor. They do. Yeah. Yeah, they and do. And they don't have that. I mean, yeah, I agree cuz I mean, I you know, like I said, we had that whole bit, bit a few weeks ago where I talked I talked Tristan Thompson to the moon and uh I think the Kardashian curse has really hurt him in these first two games. <laughs> I, I I just think he's getting outplayed i mean i he would is. love to pin the blame on on someone else sure but he's been fine heading into this series yeah you know you shouldn't be outplayed by zaza Pachulia though that should not be allowed to happen unless zaza Pachulia literally takes you out of the game with an injury like i don't he seems to do I often i don't think he's getting outplayed by jaja i think he's getting outplayed by javel mcgee like that's even worse no yeah not. but yeah but i mean hey, I he's mean, got a sphinx cat yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, how good is that for that guy? You know, I mean, we thought that he was done, and he's probably going to get like a nice contract offer this season. 
Or did he sign for another year? Or he, I'm assuming he just signed a, a minimal deal, right? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Tim, stop being a negative Nancy. <laughs> God. Jeez, <laughs> uh, Tim's just ready to pull the plug on this thing. He is. He's like, he's like I'm done. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I'm I'm there too, but I wanted to still go five so I can have. If, like like you said, Alex, game three will be tally. If they win game three, it's it's pretty over. Can, and, yeah, sure. However, but if... however, however, they go up three. LeBron drags them back to win four in a row. Is he the greatest ever? Yes. Yeah, he's. he's I think he has to be after that. I, I think he has to be. I don't think this finals hurts his legacy. I think he's played. Very well. I think that, you know, he's he's the guy that has played very well, well and that's well, it. That year, the year that they didn't have Kyrie or Love, I think that was, to me, even though he didn't win that year, I think that was the most competitive LeBron I had ever seen. Yeah. And, like, he was, he was an animal during that NBA Finals, and, like, I – and. And last year, at the end, he he was obviously again, but I just I never saw that kind of fight that he had during that to be able to carry a team that pretty much had no one. And he had been to the finals with no one previously with Cleveland years ago when they played the Spurs, and he dragged them there, but they were terrible. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he really carried them that year. So, so, so what you're saying is, for the Cavaliers to get back in this, Eric Snow needs to re-sign with the Cavaliers. And we can get this ball rolling again. Jamario Moon's going to be back. Anton Jameson. Yes. Can see what Larry Hughes is up to. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably doing things, you know. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, you know what, but none of this matters, guys, because in two weeks, the draft is happening, and that's all that matters. And that's going to yes. be an exciting, exciting thing this season. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Sean. What's your topic? Well, well I, I, I wanted to touch on this a little bit. Um, it has been rumored this week in the news that the Olympics are going to feature three-on-three basketball as an event at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Um, three-on-three basketball in the Olympics, guys. What do you What do you think? How do you feel about that? I think it feels pretty fun. I think this I'll is going to be... Can I admit I am way too excited about this prospect? Like, I am stoked. I don't uh, even like, know why, like, but I am. And and it's going to be like, it's going to be like, the way that they're they're talking about setting it up, it's going to be a three-on-three, basically street basketball sort of tournament, and there's not going to be a coach. So, what you're saying is this is going to be real-life NBA street? Exactly. Yes. You know how many you know how many fun dunks are going to happen in this and just how like awesome it's going to be? I I love that this is the same Olympic committee that just like f- 4 years ago was like mm, we could probably say fuck wrestling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, in 2020 they're bringing back baseball and potentially this. So they're like that whole world baseball classic thing. Now nah, we're going to have another one of those every couple years. Yeah, it's just like, how would you like to watch the World Baseball Classic, but on tape delay? Right. <laughs> did they? Did they? Did they stop doing baseball for a while? Yeah, the last team that did it was '96 in Atlanta. Are you serious? I thought I did not know that. Yeah. Man, I'm just not. I'm not keeping up with the Olympics. If I remember, but... Barry Larkin was on that team. 
Really? Yeah. So it, okay, okay. I didn't even know they had professional players on it. I thought it was more like a, you know, like high collegiate level baseball thing. But I, it shows how much I, I, I stopped paying attention to 95. So, you know. And I mean, I mean, Sean, no one really picked, like, Keeps up with the Olympics, except right. during except the for, Olympics. Ex- except for Tim. Tim is, <laughs> Tim is like usually my go-to liaison for Olympics anything, especially basketball. Only USA I, basketball. The, I was say, like, the, the Olympics make me happy because I can see who I'm friends with that give a fuck about parallel and even bars. Yeah. <laughs> Where they're just like, did that person get the gold? And I'm like, I didn't, but I'm excited for you. <laughs> Uh, no, I think that's cool. Uh, I, I know it's like speculative and everything, but that's exciting to kind of expand on the on the basketball market. I think three on three could be kind of fun. Uh, I think it would serve better as some sort of weird like Olympic ceremonial pre-show. <laughs> it's just like here's some acrobatic hoop ball, and you're like, great. All right, now 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 that this is actually like a thing that they're 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 talking about. Who are three players that come to mind that you would like to see on an Olympic three-on-three team that aren't LeBron, Steph, or Durant? Carl Anthony Towns, Devin okay, Booker, I like it. and okay. I need a stretch guy. So if I need to get a stretch guy, I'm going to go with – I can't use Wiggins because he's from Canada. So <laughs> You like you took three seconds to put that team together. I love that. <laughs> You're like, uh, okay, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> um – I hmm. like that. That's a fun team, but oh my God. I believe w- Wiggins is Canadian, though, sir. So I, I just uh, said I can't use him because he's from Canada. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are you, what are you gonna, what are you gonna put in there? Man, that's hard. There's a lot of really good young threes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it'd be sick. Draymond, because if with Carlos Towns, you're not losing any three point shots. True. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could put. Yeah. I could, I could see that, huh? I don't know. That's gonna be, that's gonna be interesting to see how they choose that if it actually, you know, right comes to and be like how they do that. I'd like, be... I, I'd like to see like some video game esque players. I'd like to see Zach Levine and something like that. I think yeah. that'd just be fun. Yeah. you know, like I do it'll, like that. It'll be weird to see if there's any like overlap with the actual like Olympic basketball and everything too, yeah. and if that'll run interference or anything like that. I look forward to, like, they show it on film, and, like, Bob Costas introduces it, and they show the court, and there's a metal uh, a metal hoop, and it's like, yes! <laughs> uh, we have, like, a metal right. net. It's gonna be great. <laughs> that would be nice. Or we can do, like, the MTV Celebrity Basketball, where they have, like, the 10-point shot. Dude, and we're, then they have like, they have like the twenty foot hoop that's worth like fifteen points, but if it goes through both hoops, it's worth eighteen. We're about to have the big three where there's a four point shot. So, hey, this this could be a thing. Yeah, uh, where where is the four point shot going to be from? Uh, top of the key, and um, I think on the like left and right wing, no corners. Okay, that's cool. I like I like hot spots. They should do that. <laughs> it is there literally used to be... a spot. That is it. There's I, yeah. I, I remember watching a game years ago on MTV, and it was like a celebrity basketball game that featured uh, Queen Latifah and Chris Webber, and they had hot spots marked all over the court, so people were like hucking up shots from everywhere. It was like NBA Jam style, and I remember that Chris Webber ended up winning the game with like a bounce-in three-pointer. It wasn't a three; it was like a five-pointer or something <laughs> from some hot spot, and it 
it like rattled off the rim and like went in and it was like one of the most exciting games I've ever witnessed, you know, in terms of like celebrity games. I was like I was like, man, this was really fun. They should do this again. Never saw it again. <laughs> you know? Oh Jesus. So my topic is the future of the Corner Three podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Big things popping. Right, so you guys, Sean, you mentioned the draft being in two weeks, which is like a big holy shit moment for me, because I was just like, oh, it's June. And then I'm like, oh, it's June. So, next week will be our our NBA draft preview show. Uh, I don't know who we're going to have in line for that. It'll be some combination of the three of us, plus maybe some some rotating guests that we've had throughout the course of the the almost year we've been doing this. We'll we'll go through and you know we'll each kind of like draft in an order and have to kind of you know work around with the other players with the other you know guys draft and everything. But uh, the week after that will be our NBA draft. Uh, like oh Jesus, I don't even know how to even describe this thing. It's going to be long. It is going to be a lot of audio for you to listen to because you will just basically be like hanging out with us while we watch the draft. Uh, it'll be us reacting to the picks as they happen, uh, any trades that may or may not occur as they happen pretty much through the entire first round. Uh, I'll probably get drunk. I don't know. Uh, you might hear us eat pizza. <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Uh, but the, the big thing that's going to come from that is we are shedding the Corner 3 moniker. Uh, this was something that, you know, when we picked this up a year ago, we wanted to kind of run with this, see, you know, how we feel with it, with someone we want to keep going with and everything. And uh, it is, but in a way, we've kind of not necessarily outgrown the name, but are, are going to move on to something a little, a little grander. Uh, what that means for you as a listener or a subscriber uh, is very little. There's going to be very little you're going to have to do. Uh, we're going to transition all the social media over. You're not going to have to unsubscribe and resubscribe to anything. Uh, it's it's basically going to be a very smooth transition for you. So you be very low effort for you as a listener. We're going to shoulder all of that. Uh, so just kind of keep your eye out for that uh, in a couple weeks as we transition to a a new, hopefully grander project uh, to kind of you know run with this a little further. Uh, we're going to have a couple guests lined up uh, the first couple weeks after the draft when we do this as we launch it and everything. So we're both really, we're all three of us actually, I don't know why I said both, are all very excited about it. But uh, I wanted to make sure I got that out in the open uh, before, you know, next week. Because yeah. next week's going to get crazy as we prep for the draft. Yes. Uh, the the second thing I wanted to hit on, it, which is my, my real topic, is... 2K Sports rolled out the cover athlete for NBA 2K18, Mr. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Not, I mean, finals performance aside, <laughs> was there somebody you would have rather have seen on the cover, or, or you think maybe have deserved it better, or, or do you think Kyrie is a is a sound pick on this? I, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm excited that Shaq is the Hall of Fame athlete and Kyrie is the one. Um, because Russ is gonna be on the cover of NBA Live 18, which I don't even know if that game's going to be so, released. No one will even know about that. Yeah, I don't know if that game will be released or not, but apparently it's supposed to be there. Um, the stills look good. The, the gameplay footage does not. We'll leave it at that. It's not. It's almost uh, NBA Elite bad. For live, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it looks really rough. Yeah, Have you I'm, seen any of it, Sean? 
I have not. I, I was under the impression that NBA Live was going to uh, just dismantle after this last season, after the NBA decided to partner with 2K Sports. <laughs> right. Like, I don't even know why they would even give them a license at this point, to be honest with you. I uh, I haven't played live in years. I uh, Alex, you were the one who really got me off of uh, off of live, and it was kind of a fluke how you got onto it, because we were, we were livers for a long time. Me too, man. It, oh, yeah. And uh, I, I actually, I, I am a first generation NBA liver. I actually, um, my, my second NBA game that I ever purchased uh, after NBA Jam was uh, was NBA Live '95, and uh, that was uh, that was you know that's where it pretty much all before that I believe it was NBA Showdown a year before that and before Hang that time. I believe it was no no before that I believe it was Bulls versus Blazers. Those yeah. were the uh, the originals, but. Um, um, I, I started in 95 and I went to about uh, whichever the year uh, Gilbert Arenas was on it and I bought it for the Wii and I found out that they had not updated any of the attributes for any of the players and Steve Francis was way too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was 08, I think. That was just the Wii version where the roster hadn't gotten updated. Uh, where I kind of jumped from the, the live ship was the first one, or not the first one on 360, that was 06, which was incredibly bare bones. But uh, the 07 one with Tracy McGrady on the cover. Yes. And Sean's very brief review <laughs> of NBA Live 07 for the Xbox 360 was, and I quote in its entirety, I don't like the way the net moves. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there as soon as we oh, yeah. brought up, as soon as Absolutely. you brought that game up. So, but I didn't. Uh, that game was I a piece of shit. It but... was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Is, I had... is that go the ahead. game where Tracy McGrady was basically like EA Sports Madden, Michael, like NBA Live's version of Michael Vick from Madden '04? Remember NBA 2K on the Dreamcast, Allen Iverson? Yeah. That. Didn't I beat you one time with the Sixers, where Allen? I scored sixty points, and Iverson at forty-four. Exclusively, I think yeah. you just beat me with Iverson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, Tracy McGrady was like that guy. Like, was it was it our our buddy Mike who always played us with Tracy McGrady and always yes. like beat us? He just yes. always dominated us with Tracy McGrady because he was way too good on the game, way too good. So uh, yeah, but how we kind of moved into two K is I ended up with a free copy of two K seven on the PS2, and that got me to quit playing my 360, because I'm like, this is the better basketball game. Uh, but yeah, slowly got Sean over into the 2K ship and everything. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really surprised that EA's even put it in live out this year, because I know, Tim, you text me about it, and we're like, did you see the gameplay footage for live? And I said, there's a live this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... I like I said like the stills they put up look really cool except for some people looked like they were scratching their noses a lot. But other than that, uh, I guess going back to topic, um, yes, I don't mind it because you know like I said I think if Russ hadn't been signed with Live, he probably or the EA, he probably had a really good shot of being on the cover of Two K after the year he had. Harden's already been on the cover. Granted, it was one of those like pick your athlete at, between two other guys covers, and then Steph's are the Steph hasn't been on yet, has he? He was, on a, he was on a shared cover. That's right, yeah. yeah. He was on that yeah. Harden one, yeah. And yeah, then, with him, Harden, and AD. Yeah, Durant's been there, LeBron's been there, so I get it. I think it's. I think he's a cool cover athlete. Um, personally, I thought it could have been Jimmy Butler. If Paul George can get it, why can't Jimmy? But hey, that's not that, that's neither here nor there. 
Yeah, Paul George, just from a historical standpoint, kind of sticks out to me as a weird cover choice. Yeah, that was, you know, I, I don't I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I just, with, with Kyrie, I, I think it's an all right pick. Uh, I think he had a season that would warrant it, but I think also basically only because the other athletes who had better seasons than him already have had covers. I'm not saying that 2K doesn't repeat covers. Looking at you, Iverson and Shaq, but yeah. oh uh, yeah, good point. It's it's weird to me just because I, I know that you've the cover athlete also kind of helps sell the game too. Because I think there were other players they could have put on there. Uh, hell, I think they could have put a coach on there. It would have been fine. But <laughs> it's it's interesting that like I know the the cover kind of helps sell the game and everything. So I think that was more of a standpoint for putting Kyrie on there. But I don't know. I'm, I'm very indifferent about this one. Like, when they announced it, I was like, uh, like, that's okay. Paul George, more confusing. But, yeah, I don't know. I felt kind of indifferent on it. I wanted to get you guys' take. I think more of it, too, is kind of like the guys that are signed on to be brand ambassadors. Because if you remember, Kyrie was in last year's commercials um, with Towns, Durant, yeah, Butler, mm-hmm. a few guys. So I think that played a part, too. Uh, but, you know, I, like I said, I, I get where people are, you know, the confusion there, because I was shocked when they said it was him, too. But I like it, you know? It's different. It's cool. I guess this means defense is going to be really bad in the game next year if Kyrie's on the cover, but... <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to get your guys' take on that. Uh, so I knew we were going to kind of hit the finals a lot. thought we'd break it up with some... With some two K chatter here, but Sean, did Sean even give insight on that? Did he share his opinion? My my my, I, I'm indifferent about it. I I actually I have, I'm, I'm gonna buy the game regardless. If you put a Same turd here. on the front of the, if you put a turd on the front of the cover, I would still buy it. Um, it's uh, I mean it's it's the best. I mean I it's I play it all the time. It's pretty. It, it's exclusively pretty much the only game I play. So except for those. You know, this year, you know, South Park is finally coming out with a new game. So maybe, I'm, I'm, maybe we we hope we hope. What's the latest on that? Is that happening? That's happening, uh, right? Well, that's why the verb I used for the date was pencil in October seventeenth. Oh, when, you, um, when Sean when Sean gets a new two K game and he goes to eject the disc from his uh, console, the console goes, "Are you sure?" <laughs> no, the console just just like, oh yeah, you're right. Two K eighteen came out, didn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like it just looks at you like you just save the effort and buy these digitally. <laughs> I uh, I will admit I'm guilty of kind of paying the extra couple bucks to get the legend editions and stuff like that. I like uh, the Shaquille O'Neal things they do, and obviously Sean and I being big my teamers, you get 20 packs extra if you buy the Shaq edition this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually probably gonna do that this year. Me too. Oh. I think I'm actually going to do it because... His wedding's I, done. He doesn't have anything else to worry about. So. <laughs> He's given up. Well, what I was telling Sean, because uh, I know he is not one to want to pay real money for fake money. Right. Uh, for, like, the My Team packs. And I'll make the same suggestion to you as well, is you can always probably go on those weird gift card reseller sites and the people are like, I have a PlayStation card, but I have an Xbox, so here's $20 for PlayStation money for $15. And I'm like, that way you could save some money because you can use the PlayStation Network money towards the virtual currency. That's true. So That's true. something to consider this year. 
for anyone that likes to pay real money for bitcoins, essentially. Yeah, and, so. and I, I think the stuff that they're giving away this year, if you want to be, it, like everyone says, you know, I'm, I'm a big my team guy, so like, you know, I really want my, now I've, I've, I've stopped playing my team, I'm, I'm done for the season because I've, I've pretty much done it all I can do, and I still can't beat anybody on the internet. <laughs> at all like I don't know who these these people are that are playing you're just really good at this game like I thought that I dedicated all of my time to this game but I I was wrong somebody else is dedicating more well no it's you're dedicating all your time other people are dedicating all their time and money yeah so you know and I I, I will pride myself on the fact that I did not actually spend any real money on my my team team this year I built them up completely um, without using anything, so that was uh, that was something I was really happy about. And I ended up with a really good team at the end um, to kind of just dominate the game with, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, you start starting off again at the bottom, like I'll have to do in two months with another team, is going to be awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like all like, that work and did it get Penny Hardaway? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you, Tim. Yeah, you. I mean, Tim. Tim was a. You've been a my team maniac this year, and I blame the you. Fact, uh, yeah, I know. I I got you addicted around Thanksgiving, and you haven't looked back. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe this is the year that I get into my team. I, I think you should, just because I think you'd have a lot of fun. I probably would, but this is also an audio podcast, so you guys can't hear me shaking my head while I say that. <laughs> but so, yeah, Alex, before... what you're trying to get to, yes. Uh, but I did have a couple more things I wanted to bring up and yes. see what your guys' thoughts were. Um, so, uh, real quick, and a couple things I want to touch on. First off, the latest draft trade reports are the Sacramento Kings are so in love with the Aaron Fox, they are trying to trade up picks 5 and 10 to get him. So with that being said, that obviously means that either it's going to be three or four that they have to move up to. Cause we know what one and two are going to be. I know the Lakers are putting out this, like trying to show their poker face, I guess, by saying that they're not, they're not, they're falling out of love with Lonzo ball, but we know the truth. Um, don't try to fool us magic. Yeah. No pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, on that. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, you know, I think that, that makes sense because I've, I've kind of always had Monk penciled in a three to Philly because I didn't think they would take Fox. So I think that that's a logical move for the Kings to do, except for the fact that they're the Kings and don't do it. Don't mess up the Aaron Fox career. He has a chance to be the rookie of the year and really good at basketball. Please don't do this. Vladi. please don't do this. <laughs> Can we, I, I want him to go to Philly. I just want to go ahead and say that I, I want him in Philly. Like that's, that's where I want him. I know it doesn't really make the most sense. Because he's not really a pass-first pass guard or anything. But I just – I feel like they might be able to make it work there. And he's so good. He's he so good. good. If, he's so good. If Ben Simmons wasn't going to be a rookie eligible this year, he'd be my pick to run rookie of the year. But I think Simmons is with with a healthy foot is going to piss a lot – it's going to drive a lot of people crazy. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And then the second thing, speaking of the draft, speaking of these guys, you know, these, these two guys we mentioned there, of this one and done, the whole Hamadou Diallo case, uh, case this year where he was literally half and done. Adam Silver has brought it to attention, guys, where he is looking to try to um, abandon the one and done rule. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. So we know the G League's coming up, and this is going to be a thing where the NBA is literally going to start next year with 26 teams. They're going to be NBA affiliates. So 
they are really trying to build a minor league basketball system, very kind of similar to what Europe does. So it's cool. And I know we're running long, Alex. I, I'll get to the chase. No, Alex. dude, you're fine. Um, but Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer asked him if he'd be willing to make it to where, because you know the NBA rule is 19. If he would be willing to do something where kids could enter the G League and be an NBA team's affiliate, and his response was this: We don't advertise it, but you can actually enter the G League at 18 uh, next year. So, are we going to see the NBA take the route of FIBA and use a minor league system? I don't think I it would hurt. I no, mean, not at all. The, the players that are in college don't want to be there. Right. No, it's no. it's literally like a fork. It's a detour in in their ability to make money. Uh, I think it would be good for them to, in like a more minor league situation, get used to the travel, get used to the life on the road, get used to the wear and tear on the body and stuff like that, and kind of more or less use it to acclimate, you know, eighteen, nineteen year olds into the NBA system before they get, you know, so to speak, called up. But uh, I think it'd be a very smart call. It's a very shrewd business move. Uh, and I think it would actually kind of make college basketball better. I agree because it's that case where um, even if they do something like with the combine now, where a guy goes to the combine and they say, hey, kid, you've got a lot. You didn't hire an agent. Go back to school for a year and come back next year. You could use that for the G League and say, you're just not there yet. Go play your college ball. Because my point on it, too, is like you mentioned, Alex, is, you know, it's really good for the kids to get used to the wear and tear and travel. The other point is, let's look at schools like, who have been the dominant schools in college basketball the past five or six years? Obviously, the Kentuckys. Kentucky doesn't play anybody until the tournament, and then, you know, they fall apart because it's the first time they have competition in their face uh, after a conference play. Um, Carolina and Duke, obviously, are always phenomenal, and that, but that literally is their... The ACC is actually a really good league. So, exclude the ACC here. UCLA played nobody except Oregon. As good as Markel Fultz was, Washington wasn't. So, I think it would be good for younger guys to really get used to having, like, really tough like, competition. So, I think if they can do a right way where, like I said, they can do something where they say, hey, you're just not ready to play here yet. Go play a year in college. I think that could be a really good thing because it could really, like you said, Alex, I think it can make that step a little easier. Yeah, I, I think in the long run, because the one-and-done really just hurts college basketball, uh, I at least in my eyes it does. I think it should Definitely. be treated It should be treated more as an amateur league as it is. You know, let the players who actually want to be there and play basketball and who really don't have so much a, a, a professional sports career, you know, ahead of them do the four years, do three years, whatever, and then go off to do the things that they want to do for the rest of their lives, you know, use their, their major or whatever to benefit them. It's it's when it is just this endless cycle, like this revolving door of rosters and players, because a lot of fans, and I've hit on this before, a lot of fans of college basketball only let college basketball's hooks kind of, you know, sink into them. And so when these players who they're like, I love these players for 40 days, uh, it's or 40 games rather you know those players are gone and so is their love for them they just stick with the team but they don't follow those players into the nba so i think it eliminates that i think it'll create a bit more of a genuine fan base for college basketball and like i said i mean it's going to benefit these younger guys to who i think get distracted by the lights and the glitz and the glamour of the nba lifestyle sean you want to add on that I, I agree with every bit of that. Uh, I think uh, 
I think it would be, you know, I, I've I've been waiting for because I, I know players can can join the D League immediately when they're 18 if they want to, you know. But you're not going to get that, you know. And, and let's face it, the, some of these guys are getting paid in college. Some. We won't. We won't. We won't, we won't say who. Ben we won't say who, but some some of these some of these people have been paid there, and uh, you know I don't know how much a D League player makes, but I imagine it's not not a whole lot. Um, and you're not going to get that exposure, but to be able to create an actual minor league basketball system that can you know pay players uh, the right way, and uh, you know like you said, I, I I like that it would weed out it it would weed out the one and dones possibly in college basketball and just kind of make college basketball better because I I hate the one and done rule. I absolutely hate it. I hope I, I wish they would at least make them stay two or three years. Because these guys coming in, you know, at Lonzo Ball, one of the the, the I mean that him going to UCLA was just I mean, he wasn't there because he was a fan of the team or anything. I I don't it was just immediately declaring for the draft. Immediately. Yeah. Um, you know, which is shitty. Yeah, I agree. I will say this. Um if this does in fact happen, I guarantee John Calipari takes another swing at the NBA. Because his whole job he's said he's like, you know, I would have won titles as much as the next person, but if I'm putting kids in the NBA that you know that that means more to me because I'm getting those kids paid, um, which is kind of admirable actually. But um, I think that he'll take a swig at the NBA if this happens. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna he'll he'll be back within the next five years. I don't I don't think he's I think he's flirted with the NBA more than you know. I mean, people have always been trying to pry Coach K out of Duke. But that's not gonna happen. But uh, I think Calipari is one of those guys you could pry out. Well, oh, yeah, because. Uh, I'll, if you guys read Return of the King, Wendy's book, he talks about before the Cavs signed LeBron the second time, um, Calipari was asked if he wanted to interview, and he said no because you can't guarantee me you'll have LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so some changes on the horizon, hopefully, if, if that's something that happens, because I, I do think the D-League is a very good area for the NBA to capitalize on, or I guess the G League now, uh, to probably actually benefit them in a, from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. Well, this has been the Quarter 3 Podcast, Episode 42. It is the NBA Conversational Podcast. It does post every single Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, except in special occasions where we're trying to get ahead of some storms, like the NBA Finals games. If you like it, you can go to the corner3.net slash podcast where you can listen to all of our other episodes that we've done throughout the last almost year. And as we said before, stay tuned because there's some big changes for us coming. We're both we're all really excited about it. There's that both word again. And until next week, hail Hayward. <laughs>